Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 24 dose, and it's called Making Space. Oh, my chair is creaking. Maybe you can hear that. Uh, my name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm glad that you're listening. Thanks for joining this. And I'm making this podcast because I want to share with you some of the tips and tricks and beauty and poetry that I've found in kind of everyday, I want to say the real world. And I want to share that with you, see if it's helpful. And I'm making this particular podcast because I have sort of some follow-up thoughts from last week. Uh, Last week's dose was called Space. And if you want to listen to that one first, this one may follow, or you can listen to them in the opposite order at uh, whichever one works. Uh, and so I want to share some thoughts about making space and so some lessons around clutter and especially around this concept of saying no and the way that clutter shows up in all sorts of areas of our lives and not just our stuff. So that's kind of where we're headed and... I'm glad you're listening. I think I already said that. I'm recording again in my studio with the fancy microphone. I think this is going pretty well and I'm getting used to having a laptop in front of me as I talk, which is a little bit strange and I kind of wish that you guys were here so I could see who was listening. I'm still finding this mystery, this, the mystery of the audience of podcasting to be kind of like exhilarating and also a bit strange. That said, to those of you who have said hello and let me know that you're listening, that means a lot to me, and I really like that part. I like our interactions on Instagram or through emails, so thank you very much for that. And if you haven't said hi yet, you can find me on Instagram at magicforrealists or on the website magicforrealists.ca. But without further ado, let's make some space for talking about making space. I am passionate about intentional use of space. As I talked about last week, I've often lived in small spaces, and so I've had to be really careful about what I filled them with because there wasn't endless space. And even if you don't live in a small house, you still have a limited amount of space that is kind of yours to fill with your stuff and I'm a big believer that some of the macro patterns that we see at play in society and culture are also evident in the smaller scale the micro level of our personal lives so one influences the other we in our personal lives are influenced by society and society is basically made up of all of our personal lives so to extend this idea we seem to also have a tendency as humans to really think that we can take up as much space on the planet as we want. And I think this constant expansion of space is a lot of what's gotten us in kind of some trouble. We haven't gotten efficient. We haven't gotten clever with space until it's kind of needed, until we reach some sort of breaking point. And I think that the lessons that we can learn in our personal spaces about not always needing more space uh, can be really useful. 
I realized the irony of this because I was also talking about how much I'm enjoying having more space, enjoying this studio space with square footage to spread stuff out on. Um, and I'm also noticing that I have this kind of a bit of a pleasant, like a, a sort of a gentle hold on it. Like I don't feel entirely attached. I feel grateful and connected to this space, but I don't feel, I still feel a little bit tenuous, maybe because I, I don't own it or maybe because I don't know how it's going to all unfold in the next many months. But, um, being willing to let go of space is also important. Anyways, back to society. Because we are not good at using space wisely, we are often think that more would make it better. And I beg to differ. Though sometimes more is better. Sometimes you actually need room to spread out. And sometimes like you need more chairs around the table. And you need a bigger fridge because more people are coming over. Or you need a yard so that your dog can run around. Um, space is very valuable. So how do we make space? How do we create either more space or just make a space in the first in the first place? If you it's interesting because there's a the word space kind of connotates that there's something contained about it that's different than the area surrounding it. And like it's it's a spot it's a location it's not just anywhere and one of the ways we make space is by being intentional about what we put in it so a space that is really undecided and like has this and that and this and that it's not really going to feel it's not going to feel like a space it's not going to feel like a kitchen space or a welcoming space or a bedroom space it's just going to feel like a jumble. And so noticing what goes where can create a spacious feeling of there being like there's there's two forms I'm using this word space. So it's going to get a bit confusing space as in like emptiness and and like the space between and like where something has yet to happen and and then also like a location but do you see how the locations, the spaces, it's about the, the space between the things. And so if it's all filled with things, there is no space. There's no kitchen space, relaxing space, if there isn't actually like air that we can move between. Now, air I realize is also filled with particles, but from our like general, just sort of real, when I use the word real, I mean like not quantum. <laughs> and not like really lofty, just sort of the normal, like operating as a human body kind of level. Um, we need space to move around. And so we need to have some areas without things in them because we can't, can't exist at the same spot as like, like I can't yet, maybe in super spiritual planes, I can transmute myself into the couch. But right now, like me and the couch are physical bodies taking up different space. So if you have too much stuff, you're not going to have any space. That might sound super basic, but stuff has a, an amazing ability to kind of, it's almost like humans are their own gravitational, uh, have their own gravitational field. 
and attract stuff around them. Like stuff just gets in our orbit and then spins around us and stays around us. Yeah, almost as if we have a gravity. Like you walk in a store and stuff like wants to jump in your basket and you, you know, you go to a friend's house and they want to give you things and you go to the grocery store and, and like all this stuff goes out with you. Like we accumulate stuff incredibly easily. So I would argue we need to get as good at getting rid of stuff as we are at acquiring stuff. Last week I mentioned that I have a, a pretty much perpetual box near my door that's like the out box, the stuff that's leaving. Sometimes it's giveaways, sometimes it's to the thrift store, but I would suggest a way to make more space is to have an out box and not a super small one, like big enough that you can stick genuine objects in it. Uh, another good place for one is in like in the trunk of your car because then it's already out of your house and it's on its way to its next location. So having this this outbox. Similarly, we need to have a spot kind of psychologically where now when I say need, I say this has been <laughs> this has been helpful for me. We need to clear out things that aren't working anymore if we're going to have space for what if we're going to have space for the intentional things we want to have room for. Like if you have your closet filled with all sorts of clothes that you don't wear anymore, you don't have room for clothes that you love. And if your schedule is full of things that exhaust you, you won't have time for the things that you love. And I've been working a lot with scheduling this week. I am in the last probably four or five months, I have way more energy than I have had before. It feels like uh, because of some kind of deep healing and integration and like recovery work that I've been doing for a few years now, I have like a lot more psychological energy and physical energy than I've had. And I have more ambition and I, it's, it's quite remarkably different than I have felt. And so I'm quite excited about these projects that I have on the go, including this podcast and including some work as a house fairy, which is like helping to tidy and organize and clean other people's spaces and so saddling up to them in that process, which is something I w I'm fascinated by. So you can probably tell if you've been following this podcast, the inter intersection between stuff and spirit is endlessly fascinating to me. So I w I'm practicing that with helping other people and I want to get really good at it good at, at seeing those those connections and helping people shift things in their lives through shifting stuff and, and space. So I'm excited about that. And then I got offered a few months ago, I got offered to help some homeschool families with teaching their kid their they wanted their children to learn how to sew. And I'm a proficient sewer. And so I started doing homeschool sewing lessons. And it was really fun. And they're really sweet children and I'm really good at sewing and I'm a natural teacher. So that was easy. I mean, you know, challenging to sew with a six-year-old on a machine, but, but good, a good kind of challenging and fun. And, but my schedule got really full. It got really full of all these, like this is in addition to my part-time managing a chiropractor's office job. And so I, I felt like I was losing time for 
um, the kind of almost quieter, like, you know, just going to the beach and, and having space in time to let whatever is going to arise, arise and, and to read books and to be with the people I love. And my schedule in the last, the sort of years before this last one has, has had an inordinate amount of unscheduled time. So this is a shift for me to have a lot of scheduled time. And I'm loving some parts about it. I am loving having this feeling of ambition and energy. I'm loving making more money. I'm loving feeling like I'm kind of more out there in what I'm up to. But I also noticed that my schedule is getting cluttered. Like, uh, no, it's getting full. Because everything was put there intentionally, but it's just, it's, a, it's like quite full. And so I'm really learning how to kind of organize it, like how to be more spacious in the time around my scheduled things and, and be really careful what I say yes to. And I'm also learning how to say no. And so this homeschooling opportunity, um, both families wanted me to commit to teaching in September. And I noticed I was feeling kind of anxious and kind of like squished about that, like quite squished. I think squished in time is a pretty good, pretty well describes what I'm talking about. And, and I'm, I noticed that a younger version of me would have probably said yes and committed to more classes in September. And but I, I realized and that I don't, I don't want to become a homeschool teacher. I don't want to become a sewing teacher. I, I, I like it and I'm good at it, but like in, that's not something I actually want to develop into becoming. And this feels like a pretty precious time in my life to have a lot of control over, over what I spend my time on and be able to choose the things that are, are kind of growing towards what I want to be. And so I felt like this homeschool sewing was kind of like a really nice piece of clothes that didn't quite fit. And we can end up with a lot of nice stuff in our house and our schedule and our inboxes and our brains, maybe even our bed that a lot of nice things that don't actually fit like or they used to fit and now they don't anymore um, and we won't have room for the next things if we keep around the clothes that don't fit so <laughs> sometimes you know what you need to do and then you feel like scared of doing it in this case I knew that the best thing to do was to say I can't commit to schooling in, in September and because I want to leave space for the, the growth of this, this other realm of like stuff and spirit and organization and, and home decor and the part that I can't articulate, but I can feel, I want to leave room for that. And this came in like a little microcosm last week where I, I had the opportunity to sign on for like three more days with a family and 
like a big jump from like one half day to three half days. And it was like, they, I felt like they needed me. And I, yeah, it was like, this was, you know, it's right on my doorstep and it, it's, I, I'm good at it and I can make money and all these appeals. And I'm just, it didn't feel like a good, like a fit towards what I want to fill my life with. So I decided that I was going to say no. And I like, you know, gently put that in the outbox and like, you know, phase out of it. And I typed the email and I sent it to the family and no, wait, I'm mixing it up. It wasn't an email. I told them in person and sure enough, as I'm telling them, no, no, it was an email first and then a confirmation in person. No wonder I'm getting it mixed up. Sent the email first, a few days later, talked to them in person and sure enough, they're like, oh yeah, we just decided to, to go with somebody else for those three days. Like, we'll just keep you at the one day. And I felt like immediately relieved, like immediately relieved. There's like a little part of me where almost maybe my, my pride kind of got a little bit wounded, like, oh, somebody else got my job. But um, I was relieved. And then, no joke, right after that, like the next half hour, I went over to this, cl- this new client's house to like suss out whether I could help her with her house cleaning and house organization. (laughs) Like right after I'd said no. And I walk into her place and it's like really lovely. The vibes are awesome. And, and she understands what I'm up to. Like she'd seen my website. She'd got an idea of, of who I am. If you're curious, you can check out housefairy.ca for that whole project. But, uh, I, like she really understood where I'm going with this and and said like I want to hire you I want you to help me like this is I, I want what you're about and I was amazed at how the I couldn't have said yes to that if I hadn't said no to the other one like I have a limited time in my schedule to keep myself sane <laughs> and that no enabled the yes and so I'm sharing this because the lesson wasn't over. I also had to say no to more things this week. And I'm noticing that it's something I still need practice with. I still need practice graciously saying no. So the other part of this is that when I'm feeling squished, either uh, physically or like because my, my space is too cluttered or too messy or like in a schedule or emotionally, I I sometimes don't realize that I could change it. And it's very easy to want to blame the other person or the space or the circumstance for something that I actually got myself into. And that I, I end up feeling kind of like bitter and grumpy if I've said yes to things that I don't actually want to do, which doesn't end up being kind to the other people or spaces involved. So there's a, there's actually a a deeper kindness to saying, saying no when it's not a good fit. And I, I noticed that (laughs) like I was talking to my boyfriend about this this morning or yesterday. No, I think it was this morning. And I said, because I was going through like a string of things of what I actually wanted to say to people like and then like the, from this grumpy like 
because if if I've said yes to something and I don't want to, I feel like I've gotten invaded or stepped on and then I get defensive and grumpy, which is actually a good reaction to getting stepped on. But if I've said yes to it, then I've allowed the the like invasion or the stepping on to happen. And this is a really like long-standing deep lesson for me that I need to get clear on what I want and how to say yes and no. And because I've been so attuned to what other people want and feel and, and need, I've gotten pretty confused um, from a really early age about what I actually want and what I feel. And so as I was explaining this this morning, I noticed all these things I wanted to say that were like, like really straightforward, but on the mean side of straightforward, that um, I, I said, it feels like the 12 year old in me, like didn't get to say this enough. Like she didn't get to say no and say what she wanted. And so there's like, <laughs> there's like this 12 year old reaction coming out of me. And then there's this adult version of me like noticing it and being like, wow, um, that might wreak more havoc than you want. Like that's not kind. And it felt really good. It still feels good to realize that there is a an underpracticed younger component of me that um, that is upset that she didn't get what she wanted and didn't say what she wanted and um, was like underpowered. And this is probably the case for a lot of us as kids that we we didn't get to choose the things that we wanted. Like maybe we didn't get to choose where we lived or we didn't get to choose what parent we lived with or if our parents stayed together or what school we went to or um, maybe we didn't even get to choose like what recreation and hobbies. Maybe we thought we were choosing, but we realized later we were just trying to compete with our sibling or please our parents or something. And we were underpowered, like we didn't have enough um, autonomy to make the choices that we felt. And this kind of messed with our sense of of what we want and what we're what is ours to choose and what we have the power to change or not. And so I'm noticing these, like, I'll call them 12 year old reactions. Like, no, I don't want to. Or like, um, like, no, just like, like, find your own fucking business. And, and it's, it's younger. It's like, I want my 12 year old self didn't swear. She didn't have swear words yet, but now I've got swear words and God, she wants them. The 12 year old me like freely wants to use those. So, you know, I speak that all out in a safe space. And then, uh, and then I listen to the older part of me that, that has something to learn from that direct, strong feeling. It's like, oh, actually we're not okay with this. Like, I don't want to say yes. So how can I honestly, graciously, clearly say no? And, and I found those today. I found the way to describe that and it was met graciously. And I'm like, oh, damn, this is, this is a better way to do this. This is a better way to do this. It's better to say no when you don't want to do something, you know, instead of like it coming out sideways and some passive aggressive shit, like just say no, just say no, thanks. I'm not available for that. And also, I notice myself sometimes wanting to over-explain why I was or wasn't going to do something, which is also, like, unnecessary. You don't actually have to justify it like crazy. Sometimes a 
a modicum of explanation is kind and useful, but like you don't have to bore the person with a whole bunch of reasons. Because even if your reason is just, I don't feel like it, that's like a pretty damn good reason. Um, yeah, so making space involves saying no. It involves giving away and throwing out things that don't fit or don't work or make you grumpy. And uh, I'm quite excited about, this feels like this sort of, a little bit of a dawning of like, oh my God, if I say no, then I, then I have all these yeses left over. Like, like if you clear out your cupboard, think of all the things you could put in it. And if you clear out your schedule, think of all the opportunities that could happen. And if you stop being friends with the toxic people, then like you might have time for the great ones. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I was already pretty good at this, but it feels like I'm working with a new layer of saying no and how that makes more space in my life and I'm excited about it so I wanted to share that with you in hopes that it will be helpful and that it will make some space mentally for for the development of what you want to have grow yeah so I think that's all I've got for you today and I'm glad you listened yeah that's number 24 which is kind of appropriate because it's talking about being 12 which is half of 24 two dozen I remember when I have a story about when a friend of mine this is a two dozen story a friend of mine I was probably 20 21 maybe no wait I would have been 19 okay he was turning 20 I think or maybe 21 not two dozen yet because I remember the birthday card said like something like hurry up and make it two dozen but the thing that happened so when I lived in this is a totally side note story it's this is like the um you know, like the bloopers after the show credits that that's this part you are now in the bloopers so uh there's the tradition in peru where on somebody's birthday they get egged like they get an egg or two or more usually just one or two cracked on the top of their head like by surprise sometimes even at school so if you're wise on your birthday you actually pack a separate a change of clothes because you kind of like fear slash hope that you're going to get egged because it's kind of like a mark of popularity I thought this was hilarious and I didn't get egged in Peru, but I heard about it and thought like, this was a brilliant birthday tradition. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to bring this back to Canada. So sure enough, which I mean, none of my friends knew that, but I was just fearless and thought it would be great. And so my friends turning, let's say 20 and which is like, a, we decided that it would be better if it was like the number of eggs of the years you were born or like years you were birthday so like 20 eggs for turning 20 so I got 20 eggs and we were having like a great nice birthday party for him at, at my mom's house and with like a whole bunch of friends from summer camp maybe like 12 or 15 friends and I mean like 
secretively while the party's all going on. I explained to them what was going to happen and I gave them all one or two eggs. And then we like, I'm like, okay, everybody like gather around. We're going to take a picture, like birthday boy in the middle. And we all set up like by the swing set with the birthday boy on like a special chair in the middle, all posing for the picture. And then the person I had on the camera explained to them to put it on video, not camera. So they're like videoing this whole thing happening. And then we're like, okay, like the camera person's like, okay, three, two, one. And then everybody like smashes the eggs over the birthday boy's like head and shoulders and oh my god there was eggs everywhere and it was it was so funny I was a prankster um and I hope he felt like loved like a very goopy sort of love and like yeah showered in this sort of cracked cracked affection This is like before I, this is like a lot of like repressed Christian teenagers who couldn't do like actually naughty things. And so, yeah, we took to cracking eggs on each other's heads (laughs) because we couldn't do anything else. Oh my God. Uh, Yeah. So when I see the number 24, I think, right, that wasn't quite two dozen eggs and I, I wanted to get to two dozen. And I think there was only one or two more egg crackings after that I did get egged by some friends who gave me some more of my own medicine eggs are also good for your hair so it's like what do you have to lose anyways um I think that's it I think that's the end of uh, the end of everything for this week and again if you want to say hi come find me on instagram at magic for realists and same for the website magicforrealists.ca you can send me an email through there okay until next week i hope you find some magic in your real world and enjoy making space bye for now